1: Are you are you gripped to what's going on? Uh, is it have you have you moved past the point of you know being captivated by uh, politicians' press conferences and what's happening at home? I mean, what what's going through your mindset uh, at the moment? You and you and the group. Yeah,
0: I, I guess we probably tracked the numbers. Uh, in particular, when we first went down to Melbourne, um, hoping that we'd get back to Sydney within your sort of ten to fourteen days, and then it's sort of from that point of view, we've sort of had to slowly, slowly become less, um, um, you know, linked to Focused, those numbers every yeah. day because it's just, it's just, it obviously can have an emotional toll and, you know, you're trying to balance between, hey, what's probable versus what you can actually control. And I guess that's probably where we've shifted our attention now. And then, um, you know, you look at those numbers now, and now our focus is less about, you know, can we get back in the in the short term versus hopefully the health and safety of people in New South Wales and Sydney in particular.
1: Mm. Well said. Uh, where is everyone's families at, Phil? Uh, there, there is uh, an agreement and a strategy to bring everyone out. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, so we're well, fortunate that um, you know, a, a solid amount of family were able to transition to a hub uh, yesterday afternoon up in, in, in Brisbane, which was fantastic. Unfortunately, due to um, you know some complications around how it works, not everyone could get their family out because it was going to be you know, not as, you know, uh what's the right word, like loose in terms of the movements around a hotel or a resort like last year's because of the Delta variant. So you know some unfortunately some families um, didn't make the trip just because it's gonna be too hard, but we're fortunate enough to get a fair few in, so we're very thankful for that. Um, and that started yesterday afternoon, so two weeks of quarantine for then.
1: So uh, the, the realistic uh, view is that the the players will be able to see their families in two weeks from yesterday essentially, finally.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's that's the best way to summarize mm. it about you know majority of that have got partners and kids and, and and family. Uh yeah, two weeks two weeks uh, from yesterday.
1: Mm. How's how are you all holding up? I mean, I mean, a lot of people have got family in Victoria, not that you've been able to catch up with them much either because they're in lockdown, but is the, is the group going okay Phil, or have you is it, have you had your moments?
0: No, I I think we're going really well. I must have been really uh proud of um you know the energy and enthusiasm that we've approached training and games. I think in all every game we've played um, since we've been away, we've actually started really, really well and put up a really good fight. And then um, you know, the games have turned different. But Monday to Friday has been really good too. So you, know, you always have your moments. There are always tough times um, for people at various times. But collectively, we've we'll got to really hang in tough and, you know, I think put in some pretty good performance. Obviously, elements have been disappointing, but um, you know I don't think that's always been related to the situation we're in.
1: Uh, can we talk about the, the team for a bit and focus on the footy? Some some big ins, including Lockie Whitfield and big Shane Mumford. That's um of course the extended squads at the moment. Um in terms of Lockie Whitfield, he he's good to go and an update on, on Josh Kelly as well if we can.
0: Yeah, we'll start with Josh. Josh is looking really good. He um you know, he, he rolled that ankle against Carlton a few weeks ago and um as we all know, when you roll them and again relatively quickly, they hurt, but they actually recover quite quickly. So um, you know, we're expecting him to play. He's won 50 as well, which is fantastic, which makes him a life member. And then, yeah, Lockie got that delayed concussion after that um, hit against Gold Coast. And um, he's had a relatively seamless, um, you know, sort of rehab from that concussion going through the protocol. So they're obviously terrific, um, you know, ins for us. Obviously, Josh, back from being many subbed out of the other game. And then you look at Shane Mumford and you know, losing Matty Flynn was obviously really disappointing because I think he's showing some really, really promising signs. And, um, you know, Mummy had a week off just to rest that back. So we'll get him back and hopefully he can give us a real lift around the ball.
1: What sort of shape are you in? You've played the, the last, what do you played, the last four games after a really, no, you played the last five after that really long layoff with soft tissue. What sort of shape are you in? You, you seem to be holding up pretty well.
0: Yeah, okay. You know, touch wood. <laughs> um, yeah. feeling, feeling pretty good at the moment. I, you know, it's been a frustrating sort of period um, and this has been nice to play some continuity Um, you know I had a really good run until round 10 last year and then wasn't so good for a while and then you know the last four or five weeks I started to feel as though I'm running well again which has been really nice and I must admit one of the most pleasing aspects has been being a part of this back line, which is significantly younger than the one I sort of played in at the start of last year
1: um (laughs) When we look at uh, the season as a whole, the prospect of not going home until the end of the year, has is it, is it been discussed with you or is there still some sort of hope in whatever way it can be um, that you might get home and perhaps pause the season or not? Is that unrealistic now, do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I guess I wear, I wear two hats here in the sense that one hat is, you know, as a, you know, just a broader AFL um, industry person that, you know, I think it's best for everyone involved in the game that, we continue to you know sort of charge on and um, get get moving. Obviously, people have different opinions on that. And that's just my personal opinion, and I just think it's really important that you know we just keep um, getting these games because so many people rely on us on us playing. And I still think you know the little bits here and there where you know a, a Toby Green or a Rowan Marshall unfortunately have to miss a game or a Josh Dunkley. That's just you know very unfortunate, but we we as an issue need to continue to to move ahead. Um, and then from our point of view, you know as a as a giant person is obviously we'd love to get home and you know play games in front of our home fans and, and, and sleep in our own bed but you know we don't get too better to that idea just because things are changing and if we have to stay up here we'll we'll, we'll stay up here and we'll, and we'll make it work and hopefully put in some really strong
1: performances I uh, did he speak that uh, Toby got on the front foot and organized some more suitable accommodation so um he's able to actually exercise and keep sort of fit what what sort of conditions is he living in for the next I don't know 6 or 7 days
0: Yeah, he's been, you know, he was obviously um, able to make some phone calls and, you know, obviously all within Queensland Health protocols was able to just get more space, which enabled them, you know, to get, you know, some bit of space to get the treadmill in and do all this. So, you know, I'm expecting him to get a fair bit of work in as well as DeBoer and, you know, Kieran Briggs is now, you know, even more important than he was probably a week ago because of the unfortunate injury and, you know, he's had a good year too and Jake Steen as well. So we're expecting them to be able to get a fair bit of work in and I think, you know, that more than likely should all be you know playing fit when they come out
1: you spoke to uh, channel 7 i think it was yesterday just from your experience of um, a kidney trauma and how significant it was after that injury that's been well documented now uh, you shared some insight with what you went through medically where a doctor came in and without really consulting you too much wanted to remove the kidney uh, you sought some specialists other specialists who were able to save it i mean a, a pretty good decision that you make but in terms of what Dustin Martin would be going through, you'd be the one to speak about perhaps what he's feeling and, and what his recovery is like.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I vividly remember just my one all being about can I keep that kidney? Because so I sort of made the mind up in my head that if I lost it, I wouldn't have played. And I think once mm. I would got through that and things had slowly started to improve, um, I really felt as though it was all just about being patient and just letting my body heal. Because obviously, once you get internal organ damage and I think that's probably where Dusty would sit. Obviously I can't speak on his behalf but mm. you know, he's at a position now where he's had really time to stabilize and you know, obviously having a lacerated kidney's not ideal, just the amount of blood you could potentially lose, especially if you don't treat it with the due respect and you know he'll just be trying to listen to the best advice and you know, I think they've made a really strong decision that, you know, a few months, no contact and really give him the best chance to heal because, you know, for me personally, I've been able to recover fully from my end. Um, obviously just lost a portion of my kidney but um, in terms of my life function, it's completely normal and I don't think you ever want to put that at jeopardy um, for anything. So I think he'll just be there taking it easy and listening to the best advice and you know, I'm expecting and hoping that he has a full recovery.
1: You said, I think to use your words, you felt rubbish, I think was the term you used for, was it four or five weeks post? What, is, what did you actually, can you describe what you felt and how you were feeling when you, when you say rubbish?
0: Yeah, well, I guess the first two weeks after I was in hospital for the whole time, and just, just the lack of energy, um, you know, standing up was a bit of an effort. Um, then you started to slowly feel a bit better. But I had an enormous blood clot in my stomach just from where the blood had pulled and it had leaked out. Mm. It was like the size of a football. So moving was very, very uncomfortable. Wow. Um, yeah, it was just it was just a lethargy and just general state of uncomfort that I sort of struggled with. Um, obviously, I think at last part it was just that the football-sized blood clot that was just sort of floating around, but yeah, it was just it was just the energy and just the general aches and pains.
1: And and the sorry to harp on it, but the collision was it just the instant? I think you said winded and, and really sharp pain, and and you thought that you saw Dustin's injury, and you knew well you didn't knew, but you suspected that the similar um, issue had happened to him.
0: Yeah, I just remember mine was. I just got a little knee from the side. It wasn't even that forceful, and I remember just the instant pain and just loss of breath and then um you know i i I must admit when you get hit there you just think ribs you know that was probably Mm. my first thought and then i'd never broken a rib before and i'm like jesus painful and i just played out the game which was you know you know retrospectively pretty silly and i was Mm. just short of breath a lot just to see dusty go down and be short of breath you know in that position obviously the pain and the amount of impact from robinson like it was a solid collision, but it wasn't enormous, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I was sort of like, yeah. oh, well, that's a pretty considerable reaction. And that just sort of you know, scared me. I was sitting next to Matt Bunton I said, that like looks like a kidney to me. But obviously being it so rare, that was probably a bit of a stretch. But um, unfortunately, it proved correct.
1: Mm. Have you reached out to Dusty or would you be open to, to chatting to him if you had any questions?
0: Oh, no, definitely open to chatting to him. I think from my point of view, I was very lucky that you know Tom Lonegan and Nick Maxwell and Glenn Bartlett all reached out to me and I had a chat to them. You now I've, I've got in contact with Ivan Marich and Jack Rial to say if Dusty wants to chat to me, mm. um, my phone's always on. So um, yeah, I think yeah you know, that's the great thing about being a, a footballer and in the community is that everyone's willing to help um, when they need it. If you ever wanted you know someone to talk to or listen to his story and somehow be able to relate, I'd always be open to that.
1: Hey, before we let you go, a quick word on, on the Bombers. Uh, they've been playing some good footy in a really exciting sort of young list. How have you had a look at them as a team this week, and, and what are you going to be wary of on Sunday?
0: Yeah, can you know, exciting is a great word to describe. I'm obviously coached by Ben Rutten, my former team mate, so that's always a nice little element, and um, yeah, they're just just—they're playing really exciting. we obviously got a lot of great young players, but um, they've got some really experienced players now in and Parish. Um, Dylan Shield might be back, so we're expecting a you know, them trying to play a really quick game, which is what they do, and it's pretty exciting.
1: Uh, Mate, good luck. Appreciate your time and and sharing your knowledge with us. As always this morning, appreciate it. And um, understand how tough it is and everyone's thinking of you, but the sacrifice you and and your teammates are making is extraordinary to keep a lot of people in a job. So um, well well said this morning, and um, we'll catch up with you soon. Cheers, Kane. Thanks for having me, mate.